Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew. And this week, since it is a major championship, we have uh, a guy who's somehow even a bigger nerd than both Colin and I, Nelson Adcock, uh, (laughs) joining the show to discuss, of course, the U.S. Open championship being played at at Torrey Pines South. No British Open this year, so I guess this will probably be uh, the best major change. I, I misled you a couple of weeks ago. I think it's on as long as UK lets people travel. So. You misled me. Oh, I love I love the British Open. It's the best. So so this is back on to being the second best major championship. Um, I guess depending on how you feel about Augusta. I know I know Nelson is a big Augusta nerd. So uh, Colin, give us give us the uh, the course background. Yeah, so they're playing this at Torrey Pines. They're playing the South Course. So Torrey Pines typically hosts the Farmers Insurance Open each year and um, half of, well, one of the, during the first two days, they play both the North and the South course. And then um, the difference is the South course is the longest of the two courses and the South course has historically greatly rewarded driving distance in addition to not punishing lack of driving accuracy as much. And when you also go back and look at the U S open venues over the past 10 years, you kind of see that align as well. So, in our projections for course fit this week, we're using Torrey Pines South information, which is definitely boosting the bombers. Um, Data Golf, has, who does our projections over at Daily Roto, has not layered in anything specific for the U.S. Open, but I do think it's a pretty much like a prototypical U.S. Open course expected to play. Very tough. Um, if the winning score was under par, I'd be a little bit surprised. Yeah. Uh, so, Nelson, how are you approaching course fit? course uh course history things like that uh and you're modeling this week yeah um i haven't run i haven't done any course fit yet um but likely would end up you know if i went back and looked at the south course um the yeah typical narrative is that it's a bombers uh favoring course so um that data golf you know adjustment makes sense to me and you know you guys get uh bryson rory the long drivers and then Colin had said that they were also given a decent boost to the guys that are also inaccurate off the tee, which a lot of times lines up anyway. So, um, yeah, the only thing I noticed when I first glanced at odds this week were the, the market is got a ton of guys priced in the same, like less than 20 to one. It just seemed quite shocking to me. Um, you know, cause this is, it's a deep field. And so, but, you know, that gets the, the general consensus is U.S. opens, the cream rises to the top a little bit more. So it looks like the market is taking that um, and just saying, like, look, these are really the guys that have a chance to win this week. It seems unlikely that it would come from pretty far down the list. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too, from a betting perspective. It seemed like a lot of times we'd seen maybe one heavy favorite. Um, Ram, I guess you could argue, is a bit of a heavy favorite, but we were only seeing a handful of guys priced short and this week. It seems like all the top 20 guys kind of in the field are priced pretty short. And I don't know. I mean, that aligns with my intuition a little bit. Um, just the better players in general playing better in majors. If there are majors that they can, that a weaker players can contend at sometimes Augusta is one of those or a PGA championship um, more so than a U.S. open, but uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, we have seen, 
Gary Woodland, like guys 55 and in deeper win in recent years. So it's yeah, not but Wood, Woodland when he won was on like a streak of like the best golf of his career and was like a guy who was popping tee to green every week. Yeah. He just, I think he, he went off like 50 putt. to one or something what like did, that. What, what was the winning score when Woodland, they were under par when Woodland won, weren't they? Were yeah, they almost I, double digits? Don't have it in front of me. I wanted to say it was like seven or eight, eight under. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I get the, the general consensus, it would be the harder that a golf course plays, typically, you know, in my mind, what I would say is the harder that a golf course plays, the more it separates the top and bottom players. Yeah. So a larger gap, there's a, there's a, you know, and it's the same thing as far as like short shots versus long shots. You know, there's a much larger skill disparity between a seven foot putt and a 200 yard iron shot as far as how much better than the field you could possibly be. So I think as the, as the scoring average escalates and you're, your bad shots are penalized, you know, severely. Um, it makes a, it makes the skill gap quite a bit wider. Yeah. I think that, uh, that makes the, a lot of sense. And the Pebble Beach one that Woodland won, he was 13 under par. Yeah. Brooks was 10 under par. And then everyone else was seven under par or worse. And there was a, there was a huge group of guys at seven, six and five under. And it was all, like, literally the leaderboard is like Brooks, Rom, Rose, Xander, Louis, Scott, Rory, like it all, all super, you know, great long-term golfers or whatever. So the, the pricing on DK this week is pretty flat. Rom 11, two, Spieth 10.9, DJ 10.7, Bryson 10.4, Brooks 10.1, Rory 9.9, JT 9.7. And there's also, these guys are also bunched up in the betting markets. There are, I see five guys at 16 to one on FanDuel. Rom is just this um, ginormous favorite. Colin, do you think that Rom's salary, combination of salary projection and betting odds are going to make him uber chalk at the top or is this actually a case to like get overweight on a guy who's 22 percent owned uh well i mean yeah what do you mean take as like uber chalk at the top i think rom's gonna be 18 to 20 you almost never see the top price guy go get, off above like crazy 20. yeah I, I ran like a v1 um obviously i mean i don't even have our projections up from data golf so i wasn't even looking at that but v1 had him at 18 percent, and i think when you look at paying up, he's not that much more expensive than Jordan Spieth. It's hard to make sense of Spieth as a course fit on this course. And then DJ, I think you can make the argument of course fit, but like Rom's been playing so much more consistently than DJ. So um, I do think Rom's the guy, if people choose to spend up, that's where they're going to go. Have him the highest owned guy of anybody above um, 9,300 right now. Are you are you a Rom backer, Nelson? Are you are you on board with this take that he's even at this salary that he's the play? I mean, I I I actually have a, a I would say this might be the largest discrepancy or like skill gap I've had in a while between the number one, who I think is the number one player in the world, John Rom, and everybody else. It's it's definitely the biggest gap probably in the, this calendar year. I, I just think he's uh, you know you, it was earlier this year it was quite bunched between uh maybe at the beginning of the year it was bunched between rom uh JT rory jt yeah yeah and rory and jt have just really fallen off the planet even dj to some extent um and rom has just actually played better so it's been uh this is this is the largest 
uh, separation of one golfer I have in a while. I mean, what about what about these Spieth numbers? Like Spieth is the second highest price guy on on DK's. Like, are your are your underlying numbers agreeing with this, or are you are you throwing Spieth out with the bathwater? I mean, I'll be underweights. I mean, it's the 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 recipe that would have to occur for me to be overweight Spieth versus the field doesn't even seem like it exists on this universe. So it's just what can you do? The guy, he's just more popular than his numbers would indicate almost all week. So it's just hard to do any, I think, you know, I actually think he's not that bad of a play or I mean a golfer right now he's been playing well. So um, yeah, it's not like he's like egregiously mispriced. Like I think Brooks is egregiously mispriced, but um, yeah. What are you going to do for You can't really do much with these popular players. Spieth definitely playing well, you know, he's, in this field since the masters like he's number one tee to green but if you do think that the course fit holds true and that it favors bombers then that's where speed kind of loses to the upper echelon of players i will say like you mentioned putting matters less a bit less in the u.s open um as far as deviation and scoring just because tee to green matters so much more when scores are closer to par rather than like a 20 under winner and it puts more on around the green play and obviously that's good for speed as well but it's hard to um yeah, pick him outright over these other guys. I do think in some fields, I, I could see him being like 5% in higher stakes contests where people are going to go towards the bombers. Um, and I'd still probably not, not back speed, but I think it's at least interesting game theory elements in some of those contests. Yeah. Um, so I, I think looking at Rom, Spieth, DJ, Bryson, Brooks, Rory, JT, um, and for me, I mean, some people probably include Morikawa in this grouping. I, I think he is a, a tier worse that's uh it's, i mean that's mostly opinion based I, I data golf has him in this group and I, I bet nelson probably does as well um my my thought would be for dfs you can get overweight on like if you have a strong stance like oh brooks is my guy bryson's my guy rory's my guy you can get pretty heavily overweight on them and and like like 40% of Rory will be a huge stand or 40% of Brooks will be a huge stand or 40% of DJ will be a huge stand and MME because I, I just think with these guys bunch so close together and all like none of them coming in have like a dominant narrative I, I think we should see the ownership be pretty flat between these guys. I think that's probably the case. Um, I think Bryson will be more popular than DJ, a little bit cheaper. I do think you're going to hear bomber narrative, um, and it, I think it's accurate, but I think that's a compelling talking point most weeks, and I definitely, since it shows up in the data too, I think you're going to get it from everybody. Um, so I expect Bryson to be kind of the second most popular guy above 10K. I, I would say in like the course fit adjustments, he's getting a massive course fit boost here, so it definitely likes... Tory South as a course for Bryson. And we have seen him be one of the guys that is most um, polarizing the data as far as course fit, like big negative boost at Memorial, big positive boost at some of these bomber courses, including his victory earlier this year. So um, it, it does seem like a good course for Bryson, you know, the quintessential GPP player, he could easily finish 50th, but he's as capable of winning this event as anybody. He's working on his fire ants defense as we speak. Like he's figuring out all the ways that he can get free drops at this golf course. Like, you know, you know, he's got his team in the lab working on ways to get him free shots here. Um, I will say right. one of the things that data golf layered into the course fit this week, which it's almost like, a, <laughs> like they've, 
you know, some of these things that they've been hesitant on before, they've slowly started to think about or try to layer in. And major performance is one of those things that's layered in, obviously substantially regressed, but um, they are kind of reflecting a little bit of a boost to players that have performed better in majors than others this week. And that's definitely something that we haven't seen other weeks. Nelson's dogs are are big. Uh, they're big Bryson guys. They believe they believe in the uh, the GPP narrative. I mean, I I guess my thoughts are that Rom. It feels I don't know like eleven point two for him when Rory is uh, fourteen hundred cheaper than him. Like it just for for me, it feels he was like about to win a tournament by ten strokes though. <laughs> I know. No, I know. I'm not, I, I'm not meaning to say anything disparaging about John Rom, but like. I don't know. I just feel like over, over five years or whatever, Rory is just going to have so many wins and so many, like he's just going to play so well. And I, I'm not as worried about his recent cratering in form, which is dragging his betting odds down, his data golf stuff down. Um, Cause it get, I mean, this is definitely um, hand in the dirt take, but like Rory did admit, he was like, look, I watched Bryson play like a linebacker out there and I mess with my swing. I like tried to bulk up and I, I tried to do all these things and it totally messed with his game and what he won five weeks ago. Finally, like, I don't know. There he's, there's like small little bits. He's of definitely been there. really good with approach, but he's the only guy above $9,000. Him and Patrick Reed are the only guys who are losing strokes or, around off the, the green. Tee. Oh, no, off the tee, buddy. Since the mass, wow. including the masters. All right. Well, so get, Rory get dunked Reed, on. Rory driving yeah. like Patrick Reed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Nelson, do you want to, do you want to give me some Rory McIlroy FUD? I know you got it handy. No, I mean, I, that, that was a shocking stat that Colin, yeah, I don't really wild. track the off the tee, but um, I, I don't track the categories per se, but he's driving it long. He's not that much short. I mean, he's the second longest guy in the field I have, but, and his accuracy has not been very good. It looks like, so maybe he's just got some pretty bad misses that are ding in his off the tee numbers pretty good. Yeah. I feel like he's hit in the water a couple of times, which is obviously very penalizing. He, I can <laughs> confirm he has as a, as a frequent player of, of Rory. Um, Data Golf has Xander actually as the biggest buy relative to his DK price. He's priced at $9,300 on DraftKings, but they have him as the second favorite to win this golf tournament, which is a, you know, a gigantic disparity between uh, data golf stuff and I, I gotta say I I buy it um, Xander like always does well in the majors he's never he's never won but he has uh, the T2 at the Masters uh, T10 at the PGA a former T3 back in 2019 at the US Open T2 at the Open Championship like it feels it feels like even without a win um, he is I, I think we can I think we can say Xander is one of those dudes who hangs well on on the tough courses yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely something that shows up in the data. One of the strongest uh, kind of like top five as far as major performance in their kind of regression adjustment. Already had him second just on overall baseline too. And then a course fit boost in the positive direction. Not quite as heavy as like Rahm and Bryson, but still a good course fit. And then it's it's a home course game for Xander as well. So plenty going well for Xander. I expect him to be the most popular player, uh, possibly on the entire slate at 9300 a great play it's just like i always struggle with these right like he's gonna be 25 maybe even up to 30 percent depending on contest he's a great play he's substantially underpriced and so i never know how aggressive to get with like a, a play on him and so i end up like knitting out like maybe five percent above or below where the field is nelson you gonna you gonna knit out with xander 
Yeah, I mean, I'll probably, I mean, I, yeah, I, I was expecting Colin to say he's going to be the most popular play on the slate for sure, just looking at where he's priced at. Um, will just depend who you pair him with if you're going to play him. You just, so you, you run these Sims, right? A lot of times you run them even in, in the middle of a contest to show like the EV of different teams in certain contests and stuff. And would you say it's more about the combination of players there? Or would you say that there's like a threshold where, playing you know an underpriced guy at 30 percent or 35 percent it just becomes bad at a certain point or as long as the rest of the team is kind of um differentiated enough is it all right yeah it it's it's quite dependent um you do yeah i mean if you're gonna play i don't do a lot of the stuff that i do i try it's hard to do on the player level as far as like figuring out okay what percentage should this guy be owned it's stuff yeah um so you just you just can't play too many po- really popular guys in the same spot. You just like, there's just no chance of profitability once you, once you get too crazy. So if you're going to play someone that's mega popular, you got to have some sort of counter in there that will, will help you differentiate yourself. Kind of the flip side to true is true also though, right? Like you can't play six guys that are single digits. It just doesn't come through very often. Yeah, never, almost. I mean, uh, I tracked like every contest, um, maybe for like the first five months of the year, every single contest. Um, and it's quite impressive how good the field is. I just like, you know, when I looked at in a summary, the higher owned teams always scored more points. Um, and it was like a very linear relationship as far as how popular the team was to how many DraftKings points they scored. So like, the field is extremely good. And so you can kind of determine that, okay, the field is really good and they're picking, you know, the popular players are the ones that are scoring the most points and the unpopular players are the ones that are not. And so at some point, if you just like pick all the unpopular players, you know, you're really just picking the bad players because the field knows who the good players are. Um, So it's, 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 it's a more of a balancing act nowadays. Like a depressing Um, uh, stat as far as the edge in PGA DFS, but that's not going to stop us this week because it's the US Open. No, we just fire. fire. You just fire and you just, you just have to be more cognizant nowadays, especially of your, you know, how much you're firing just so you can stay solvent because it is, it's quite a variance fest. Davis, what do you think about starting a team with Xander as the most expensive guy and using like a Charlie Hoffman is the cheapest guy at 7,200 and, building like a mega balance team where you're hitting on, you know, Xander, Finau, Decky, like all these yeah. guys who are really, really live to top 10 this event. You expect them to make the cut, uh, maybe low win equity, but what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's probably a more viable strategy at the U S open than it would be at like Augusta or something, or, or even like the PGA where we get the lower winning scores. But I, I like just looking at this, like it feels like, just a a very outsized chunk of the win equity is held in like 10 dudes. And I kind of would like to play two of those guys. Like I, I think, I think, I don't know. I mean, Nelson would, Nelson would know this stuff better than I would, but I feel like the, the double stud and then a bunch of seven K guys approach is um, super viable this week or, or the strategy that seems most appealing to me off the top, as opposed to, you know, trying to like get Scotty Scheffler through, through the cut line or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the U.S. Open generally tougher courses put more emphasis on the DraftKings uh, finish position the bonuses finish as opposed yeah. to birdies and streaks. You're not going to find many streaks out there. Um, 
there will be birdies and eagles and it will be the longer players who are you know more live for for those and so i think when you look at like guys who outscore their their placement position that's oftentimes going to be the longer players as well which kind of almost like double counts on the course fit there yeah so is is this stuff going to lead uh just kind of looking at it, it seems like that might lead to you know, Cantlay being a little underowned, Hovland being a little bit underowned. Finau obviously will be chalk. Uh, I, what, what about what about Hideki Nelson? Because he was not even in like he was in bad form heading into his win at Augusta. I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if you know is, is he going to be like a an eight percent owned play, fifteen percent owned? Like what are where are your where are your thoughts on Hideki? Uh, I mean, in this, in like this second tier, you're saying like below 10,000, I mean, or between below 95, I guess where Colin is, um, yeah, here, everybody is, you know, pretty equally skilled at, uh, you know, data golf will have a lot of impact on, on, on this ownership level, I assume based on where they think the skill is, but you know, there's not much difference between, you know, all the Hideki web, Finau, Reed, all these guys. Um, down here, it's I'll just be a mixed bag for the most part. Yeah, yeah, I think Fina, that's, Fina's uh, pretty I think interesting. that's probably true. I think Finau's headed to be the most popular of that group at least early in the week. And, no, he will, he will be. People love Finau, and it, like he's almost like Xander, he's a guy that definitely has exceeded his baselines in majors. He's a guy who obviously has the length for this course, like the strength and athleticism, and so. I think Decky's not going to be popular. I think he's going to be less popular than Finau if I if I had to peg it right now. Um, I'd, I'd have Finau as like between fifteen and twenty, and Decky maybe be- between ten and fifteen. Yeah, the the market yeah. likes Decky. I mean, uh, likes Finau quite a bit more. So it wouldn't that wouldn't be too surprising. I mean, I have I have Webb is really good in this range, but uh, with that that is obviously course not course fit adjusted. So likely, you know on a neutral course Finau web similar, but probably most of the difference being made up by Finau getting a solid course boost. He's long, not that accurate and web getting dinged pretty hard because he's not long and accurate. So yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Um, what, uh, what are we doing with Willie Z great, great showing at Augusta has not been as strong then, but you know, I'm, I'm sure he has been in the lab, you know, yeah, getting his getting his simulator ready for for the U.S. Open and for the conditions. Are we are we back on him, Nelson? I mean, we we went hard for him at uh, at Augusta. Yeah, yeah, we survived the Zalatoris touted Augusta. It was almost a, it was almost greatness. I didn't. I mean, to lose by one was kind of rough, but it was so uh, close, man. It was so close. I, know. I I don't. I wasn't. You know, it was just such a runaway for Hideki through like 14, and then he hit in the water on 15, and then I think he also yep. bogeyed 16, and I was like, he bogeyed sudden, 18 too. Well, I know, but once he bogeyed 16, I was like, oh my God, we're like Decky going bogey bogey yep. uh, away from a Zalatoris playoff here. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I expect Will to play good. Um, I, he would actually be my least favorite play in this area, probably. Um, but I like, I think I like, uh, I would be interested to hear what Data Goff says about Tyrrell because he's like, he's had sort of a weird like like two months really because i think he was playing well then he got covid yeah and then didn't play and then he got married they, and didn't they, play for a while. they don't yeah. love him they have him as worse than zaltoris um yeah they're they're definitely so kind of of these like upper echelon players like they don't have Haddon as a great course fit uh webb simpson and morikawa those are the guys that 
they don't necessarily view as strong course fits. Um, I was a little bit more surprised. I expected that with Morikawa. I definitely expected it a little bit with like Berger and Usti, um, kind of the medium length, good players. Um, wasn't sure how Haddon would check up there, but that's that's kind of how they're seeing things. And it seems like people are going to be on Usti, maybe partly driven by majors performance, partly driven by market odds and things like that. So early in the week, I've got Usti around 15%. Um, and when you kind of layer in like the potential for a bad course fit for somebody like him, I think maybe a good week to get off the pyramid scheme if he ends up as one of the more popular players. Yeah, it's a, a payout, not a payout week, it would appear. Yeah, I sort of agree. That that makes sense to me. Justin Rose being up here is kind of strange, I guess. Guy has just not played well really for quite some time, but he's right here next to Louis. So I isn't isn't he actually well. playing much better though? Like isn't well, isn't Rose's thing as he was playing yeah. super egregious and is now at least back to being like an average tour pro? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he's an above average tour pro for sure. But you know, we just he had like a really long sustained run of just like incredible play. And a, then, a lot, I know. like in. I mean, a lot of it's been smoke and mirrors too. Like the PGA Championship was in, entirely driven by his putter. Same with the Charles Schwab Challenge and the Masters. Masters he gained a bit tee to green, but still like the the epic run to like the front page of the leaderboard, like winning after day one or whatever. Um, yeah. That was all short game driven. So I don't think Rose is is back per se. He definitely. I don't think it'll be popular. So I feel weird calling it a fade, but like he would be one of the guys I faded out of this range. Yeah, he's actually. Um second highest i have a sun running stat just tells me or it gives me an idea of how much better i think they're putting than they should be and he's uh second highest in the field as far as like putting over expectation yeah, about about 0.3 shots around which is a lot the only other person that's higher is kokrak so <laughs> he's at 0.4 so uh yeah so that that's just yeah that makes sense that he's just been like kind of running a hot putter or riding a hot putter for a while Who's gonna Who's gonna tout Paul Casey? It's it's, uh, it's a major It's a major championship PGA DFS podcast. So someone's got to tout Paul Casey. Yeah, I mean he's he's playing well. Like he's hitting the ball well off the tee. He's playing well on approach. He's losing strokes putting. He's you know kind of what you expect from Paul Casey. But I think on courses where you know par is a good score, like definitely seems like a, a course where I'm completely happy to be the guy to tout Paul Casey. I view a lot of these guys pretty comparably um, from, you know, like Berger down to Abraham answer, Paul Casey. Uh, I think I view them all like fairly comparably. And that's kind of where I'd like cut it off as guys like where I would not be shocked to see guys contending or inside the top five or top 10 on Sunday. And then as you get below that, it's, it's starting to feel a little thinner as far as guys you're taking like a, a pretty big chance on. And obviously you need those guys in your lineups, but as far as like outrights and stuff, this is where I start to get like really uncomfortable if you move past this point. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I was thinking um, right in this range that uh, I this felt like a, a spot to take a stab on Fleetwood. Like the the PGA DFS community has moved on from him as like a meme, but uh, his his play recently has been I don't know pretty much equal to his to his baselines, and he's seven thousand eight hundred on DK. Like normally he's like an eighty five hundred dollar guy at the majors maybe a couple of years ago but um yeah i, don't, yeah, I, don't like I mean Fleetwood, everyone's just completely moved on from him he's like I not agree. a thing anymore i've moved on as well <laughs> you got it you got a fleetwood tout nelson i think he played did he, he played okay over the weekend i feel like uh, uh this yeah, past I, weekend or not i don't maybe. know specific splits for the weekend but at Palmetto 70 in general, 68 he, he played pretty well uh, but okay. it's 
it's such like a weak field it is hard to like a- yeah, yeah, adjust yeah. those strokes right. gained yeah i did i saw yeah i saw like um i guess someone was saying well at least brooks gained uh with ball striking as like well in this field i'm not quite sure that's enough to get me excited yeah. all right el- elephant in the room phil mickelson your oh. pga championship winner priced at 7700 nelson Ah, we've reached the first person that I think is not even an average PJ Tour player. Yeah, not even on your list. Uh, no, no, not on my list. Phil is, uh, he's actually not even hitting the ball that far. Or I, I, what? at least the stats that I'm looking at is he's like really short. I'm guessing I wonder if he is, found, I'm I guessing if he this found is wrong like, unless someone else is also seeing this. Maybe but, he found uh, some good amphetamines the week of the PGA championship or something. It was magic, man. Yeah. I mean, he definitely wasn't, wasn't bombing it, but it was, it was definitely magic on the approach play and he just, I, wow. his legend status is for sure, you know, top five in the PGA tour history, but uh, yeah, I don't think I can back him. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder, I do you think he will pull any ownership or are we just so far past DFS being inefficient? Like I even like 5%, I think would be signs of, of an inefficient marketplace. And I wonder if he can even get to that. I, I would guess he'll get there. I don't I think mean, he'll get I, there either. I, I think you get some stuff for the majors in the Millie maker where it's like, people right. just want to click in, but I think it like, wouldn't, it almost wouldn't matter if he was 7,700 or 7,200. Like someone's yeah. either going to decide to play Phil or they're not. Or and they won't. I think like two or 3% is where he'll be. Yeah. There are, there are a bunch of interesting names in the 7,000 though. Sungjae, Kokrak, Woodland, uh, Sergio, Adam Scott, um, Harris English, uh, noted, noted mega sun runner Lee Westwood, who is a uh, holder of like, I can't remember which event it was, but he was like 10,800 after like that recent run of form, like just one of the most hilarious price tags in, uh, in DK history. Who were some of the seven guys that are popping for you, Nelson? Um, yeah. I mean, just on the film, I guess it's, it's possible that he gets a little bit higher than expected. I mean, there is like no household names around film. I mean, Sergio, maybe like as far as like a super casual golf fan would know. Um, I mean, like, they're going to click in Shane Lowry or Sungjae or Joaquin Neiman. I mean, it's, you could, you could get a little extra clicks from Phil there. Uh, people down here, Neiman, Harmon, Lowry, Sergio, you know, that yeah, again, again, it's a quite a bunched little group here of like equally talented people. And then Phil Mickelson for some reason is up here. Cause he's a, he's a winner. That's why. Um, I get, you know, you, you got some long guys. Sergio is actually, I guess hitting the ball pretty far and then Woodland and Neiman is like pretty far. So, uh, and then obviously Kokrak, if he can continue to sun run on the greens, you know, could be a rosterable, rosterable yeah. um, one. It looks very, like the, mar- the market likes Lowry like a lot, which seems lot, yeah. kind of strange. Very early in the week, but he was one of the guys that I have being one of the higher owned guys that catches ownership right. here. You know, maybe, um, maybe Kansas, Casey in answer. Uh, not cancer. Maybe Casey and answer soak up enough that Lowry is not as high as I have him, but I think he's a lock to kind of be over 15%, at least early in this week. It does seem like maybe there's some room to play arbitrage on ownership numbers. If you do like all those names you rattled off, I feel fairly confident that Sergio Garcia is going to be materially lower owned than both Lowry and Neiman. And I also think Gary Woodland will be one of those guys that's pretty low owned as well. So um, if you are looking for pivots, if you're playing like 
I don't know, of like four chalk guys and you want to go with a low owned value play and a low owned kind of mid-tier value play, I think this would be like 7,500. I think you got Garcia, Woodland, both there as good options. Yeah, I mean, I need you guys to tout me the plays here because if you play Bryson and Rory together, you have 7,450 as uh, the remaining cost. Per so Charlie Hoffman, I think 7,200 is like the best value play on the slate that we've seen in quite some time. And I'm, I'm curious as the week goes on, Right now, I have him like moderately popular, but I could see him potentially becoming excessively popular. And like he's gaining strokes off the tee, six straight events, strokes on approach in five of the last six. So basically, tee to green in every one of them. And a lot of his performances have been at, yeah, like longer courses, major championships. He stood up well at the PGA Championship. And so I think he's the best value play in the slate. Could be. You know, could be 10%, could be 20% by the time Wednesday rolls around, depending what like Mayo's show has to say about him. But um, he would be the the easiest salary saver play that I was able to find. Is oh, no man. one going to tout well, Higo? No, one, no gonna, one's touting Derek say, Higo? You, this, this market price on Higo is bananas, uh, I guess, off this, you know, off his win. And then, you know, Pat, I think, is a big Higo guy, too, so... He should oh yeah, take some, he, he'll take some the, ownership. All the screenshots this week from Pat. He'll take love, some, he'll take some ownership off of uh, Hoffman, and then yeah. you could always just uh, you could always just pivot to just almost fifty-year-old warrior Stewie Sink, who's just like been playing really good, and like Sink is he hits the ball pretty far. I mean, the guy's like six three or something, and just still mashes it. Um, I have like uh, Sink and Charlie you know, similar off the tee games, um, you know, decently, you know, they're both longer than average and, you know, a little less accurate than average. So they should be getting like fairly similar course bumps. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see where Higo lands. Um, like he's going to he, be, the, he's going to be, oh, the Euro like, tournaments he won. So he's won two European tour tournaments now, and then he won the Palmetto. And like, it's, I think the Euro tournaments he won were weaker field ones as well, where like they were opposite of stronger PGA tour events. And, now he's won one of the weakest field PGA tour events, but uh, he does profile as a really good course fit. Um, and obviously, you know, the course last week was one of the longest courses they're going to play on tour all year right before the major. So it's not like his game can't stand up in the longer courses, but a major versus the Palmetto championship are two different beasts. So I'm, it would be pretty easy for me to like, to just, I don't usually X guys, but if the market's way over on him and I could play Charlie Hoffman instead, I'd probably do that. That seems scam, yeah, yeah. scam seems champ. Likely, you, you I mean, want to doubt it, it? It looks like the well, the the market has um, Higo with a higher top twenty chance than Holt Coffin right now, so that should drag quite a bit of well, whatever. I just have DraftKings and William Hill odds in here, but yeah, they're I couldn't believe how high they were. Yeah, Dada uh, Golf has no love for Higo though. It looks like Cam Cam Champ course fit in, inaccurate and long feels feels like the Cam Champ course. So right? if, if you just look at adjustments, um, it, the guys who are getting the biggest adjustments, their baselines are Wilco Nienenbauer. I don't Have you read about this guy, Davis? I feel like you would be at all. No, but him. everyone, everyone has been telling me I, he's the new Bryson and that I, and like this, this is my dude that I got to be on next. Yeah. He's longer, I think. Yeah, he's longer he is than longer. Bryson. He absolutely mashes. Um, he had like a 400, like 60 yard measure drive that didn't is hit any car pass or anything. Is he a gigantic douchebag? Cause that's a big part of it too. It's 21 year old. I think he's 21 or 22, uh, South African. So I think right, he's like I gotta really do, tall. I, 
Yeah, I got to do my research. Yeah, I, I mean, and look, if, if they've if got his, his adjustment there. is bigger than your other boys, Wyndham Clark, you have Bryson, oh. Taylor Pendrith, Cameron Champ, and uh, Kyle Westmoreland. Is Brandon is Brandon Hagee in the field? Can we can we adjust Brandon Hagee in here? I, I feel like he was playing in those qualifiers. I don't think I saw him in the field. So uh, he would be towards the top of the list if he was. I don't see him. So I don't think he is in there. But I don't know. I, I feel like I'm. it's easier for me to trust those when it's a longer course, but it's going to be like a 15 under, like easier one. When you throw the major championship into the mix, I'm still like obviously very hesitant to play like Wyndham Clark and Cameron Champ in a major when their short game and putting is just absolutely egregious. Cameron Champ has been the worst putter versus baseline out of everybody if you want another reason to play him. Davis. Oh, so he's just got to regress, dude. He's, he's just got to regress. He also gets due. a slight boost in the majors if you want to know the fourth or fifth reason playing. <laughs> what has wow. he played, like right. two so majors my, in his life? So my single entry team, we got Bryson, we got Rory, we got Wilco, and we got Champ. So we're doing, we're doing, and I'll throw, I'll throw Hoffman in there. And so we almost got the full team from, uh, from this touted show. Uh, when I was thinking, and, like, as far as like optimizer rules and things like that, there are definitely some thin plays down here, and you're gonna need all your guys, especially in the lottos, like all your guys to have top 20 upside. And so, like, Hoffman was the last guy where I was like, okay, this guy could be the fifth guy, he's not like a dart throw. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he top 20 and then these other guys are dart throws. So, I, I was thinking like a max one on sort of the punt dart throws, and then try to build with like five reasonably quality players and versus trying to like throw two darts into the mix. Oh yeah. You, you had mentioned like that. I was just like, how many ma majors has cam champ even played? It looks like he's played uh, like six of them. And I wonder he's, has he, like, has he ever made the cut? He's he well, he's top 20, it. top 25 at the masters, basically both times he played it, but you know, obviously the masters is like, a yeah, that's, that's, a, so that's yeah, what I was that's wondering. A, is like, hit and is it kind of, is, is it kind of skewed that, that like mate, well on just on cam champ, you know, he missed the cut at us open. He actually finished 10th at the PGA he was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's his, he's only got one top 10 in six yeah. tries. What about uh, what about Robert McIntyre T12 at the Masters T49 at the PGA Championship? I know my dude Skyler uh, uh, Skyhook DFS. I know he loves him. Like this is like his guy, uh, and he's priced it. He's priced at seven thousand, and it doesn't seem like he'll carry any ownership. I'm not seeing anything there. Uh, like the I'm definitely not going to be the the first guy on like some of these European tour players when they come over. So. Um, I'm probably not gonna be the second guy either <laughs> uh, <laughs> because at that point like people start to steam it a little bit so I usually end up off these guys unless you get a, a really big price discount like so like Augusta I feel like I was playing like beds and who and guys like that a little bit when you get like a one or two percent ownership I start to be a little bit interested um, especially if the lineups are like jamming chalk otherwise who's the cheapest guy you would play in single entry Nelson oh my gosh um uh, da, 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 da. trying to look for guys that johnny vegas maybe i'm just i mean okay. i just literally scanned around and looked for someone that's cheap down here that maybe has been playing okay that has decent course fit johnny's long not that accurate and yeah playing okay i think our stuff's gonna like him a good bit as well i mean like Hoffman was like the last guy I was like, okay, I can click this guy in and feel really good about it. So 
Um, I think that's going to make this range a good range to find pivots. Vegas was one of those guys, potentially. Um, Matt Wallace, 7,100. I wouldn't feel awful about him. I know projections are going to like Kevin Streelman. I can just like see it coming. But I, it just feels like a disaster of a course to play Streelman on. And even if he finishes like 25th, it feels like there's just no chance that he's going to be the guy that strung together a birdie streak or made an eagle on these longer par fives. So um, I just I don't think I can do that. But Vegas is 6,800, probably the the cheapest guy. Or Lanto um, down here. Eric Van Ruin at 6,700. Yeah, I think yeah. I would potentially consider as well. Yeah. All right. How are we, how are we betting this event? Cause I, I think that uh, I, I, there, it seems like there is some opportunity because DJ Bryson Brooks, Rory and Xander are all trading at like the same price. I, my, my instinct was just to just bet two of them and let the, let the chips fall where they may. Obviously everyone knows the two that I will be betting, but I think you could do it with DJ and Xander can't like just whoever you can, you can pair whoever you want, but no one at like 50 to one or deeper interests me to win this event at all. I, I thought Webb at 55 to one was a pretty good number. Um, like I know we've accounted for all the course fit. Uh, Data golf has him as 47 to one and he's definitely a guy. He's one of those guys that can gain in kind of all four of the strokes gain buckets, which is always like comforting in a major as well. So I thought that was uh, a possibility for a bettable number. I tend to agree though. Like I, I think Charlie Hoffman, you can get any, like 90 to one. Um, but the, that's kind of like the bottom of the bucket as far as the outright guys. What about, what about you, Nelson? You got, I mean, I'm sure you're going to tell us don't bet outrights. The market's <laughs> full of rake. Never do right. it. I mean, well, that's definitely all true. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, like I have like very large discrepancies between where I am in the market. It's just very top heavy. So like uh, Web would be the one where, like Colin had mentioned, have or Burger, or Sam Burns. <laughs> um, I like Sam you, Burns. If you, if you wanted to throw some, I, so yeah. I'm just like I'm just looking at like the smallest discrepancies, and then like people that have you know potentially decent course fit. I mean Sergio, uh, uh, Burger, Sam Burns, Sergio, Neiman four dart throws if you want to throw some dart and i think one thing that's kind of interesting is if you do think that the market's priced in like the difficulty to win a u.s open and into all these top end guys a lot of times that stuff does fly through to the top 20 markets as well and yeah it's impossible i mean it takes so much like well, incredible golf but also like mental strength to play well in these conditions for four days and that's why you see the top names come out but you also see these big guys miss the cut a lot as well and you know put up 77 um or rory taking a triple on the opening hole and just being out of the tournament yeah. immediately so what, 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 yeah like yeah the top 20 odds i think are pretty good on some of the longer shot guys like vegas is six to one burns at uh four to one i think you're gonna get good prices on a bunch of these guys because they do price in dominance of the top end players but i'm not sure that carries through to top 20s the same way it does maybe the the outright winner yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I I'm gonna well, I don't know. Maybe maybe I bet X and Bryson or or Rory and Bryson. I don't know, but I think I think two of those guys is where I'm gonna be at the the T20s and the head dead. So I'll probably you know probably look to bet against Spieth in the head dead markets and then just just eat his T3 down down the throat. You know what what can you what can you do? 
Definitely using Bryson in one and done. I, I don't care how far behind I am. I'm just going to use him. Just get him over haven't with. Burned, haven't burned Bryson yet? Dude, it's the it's the I, I, just, I can't Bryson even. Too, Davis, let's go. Yeah. I mean, he. it's just this is the spot I've been saving him for. And I don't know. I just am having such a brutal one and done season. It's just honestly, when we get to this point in the show, I just get so demotivated. It's so brutal. <laughs> I I uh I have one I have like whatever I did the five entries into the Pat Mayo one and I had one good one um but I just like have been doing it pretty randomly <laughs> and uh I took Brooks I had like one in the top 15 I guess last week and I took Brooks and so I think that was my first miscut so, so Davis if you want to bet Bryson I think one interesting way to do it on FanDuel they've got market for the U.S. Open Bryson 16 to 1 They've also got a market that excludes DJ, Kepka, Rom, Xander, JT. Bryson's only eleven to one in that market. Oh which wow! I felt like it was pretty big yeah, for seems odd. eliminating that many golfers. And then the course yeah. fit guys that he's paired with in that kind of alternate market. It's Morikawa, Spieth. Yeah, Rory is there, but it's Cantlay. So it's it's a lot of these guys that aren't you know the the top end distance guys, the top end course fit guys. And I thought that was a pretty good opportunity. Who did you who did you read those? Who are the excludes? So excluding DJ, Kepka, Rom, Xander, and JT. Wow. Xander. Some wow. pretty serious firepower. I feel JT. like it's like Bryson getting slighted here, man. Maybe because like, his DK uh, partnership, they're like, yeah, you're not in the top end group. Yeah, but that like I think cuts off maybe like eighteen percent win equity. So I don't know what the I can't do them. I, can't I mean, I just, I just know months. that I just know from scanning these markets in general that first off, running a sports book is a lot harder than you think, and that a lot of the times those secondary markets are not as tied to the original market as you think, or lines. They don't will get move updated and, if it moves. Yes, yeah. The the original. Whoa, there there was a crazy one. I don't remember what it was for. Wow, this is not a good story at all. But I remember, <laughs> I remember picking one of those lines off like a month ago of being like the original market moved like 50 cents or something crazy and the secondary market didn't move at all. So I would, I would keep, if you're looking to actually grind out these wagers during the U S open, I would keep an eye out on some of those secondary markets because I, it is just factually true that it's a hard job to run a sports book and that the secondary markets don't always correlate. So that's my, that's my, that's one actually use of actionable and helpful advice that you can get today. I like it. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's definitely tough. It's hard to see like the hidden rake in there as well. Like, cause yeah, that, yeah. that group Bryson's 10 to one to be the top U S player, but only 11 to one to be in that top group when you exclude so many of the top end players, but um, a lot of props out there this week as well. So I, I do think, like you said, is stuff moves like a lot of times these alternate markets by Wednesday still will stay where they are set. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, any, any final takes to get off? Um, nope. That should be it. What is the, what's the Rory prop for the first hole? That's the only thing I want to know. Oh, quad, 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 quad or worse. Uh, quad or worse is like plus 105. Uh, that's what you should be betting on. Whatever. Oh, uh, man. I, I was like, just, I was just like re-triggered today. I just remembered his, his uh, British Open Championship performance in Northern Ireland this morning. So that, uh, that was nice. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for some, uh, for some good golf this weekend. Cause the PGA Championship was awesome to watch Phil winning, but all my teams were so dusted off at that event that there was like nothing even worth sweating for. So I'm hoping for for some uh, good sweat equity this weekend. Colin, nice. takes? No, man, we're good. You and I are both riding Bryson and one and done. Um, 
So I like that. Make up some ground when he ships it and should be a good week. Obviously, if you guys want to check out the projections over at Daily Roto, we'll have ownership projections and a pro tip out there this week as well. All right, there we go. Everyone, dailyroto.com slash PGA, optimizer tools, all the, all the stuff you need. And uh, we'll be back next week.